Tapping the Keg Podcast, episode 425. Welcome in, welcome in. A little re- inverse there. Mitch on the other side of the Zoom. Charlie here with you. It is all eyes on the city of Milwaukee. Game six tonight, counting down the hours. We're taping this Monday night. It, we are about a 24, little over 24 hours from now. We will be at the Broad House, maybe needing a defibrillator for Mitch. Um, <laughs> and that's, that's where we'll be. Um, and obviously, we'll ask the, Mitch how you're doing, how you're holding up. I'm sure you're. I'm. I'm good. Uh, I'm good. I. I just. Just uh, all I'm thinking of is a stupid game. So, uh, and by stupid, I mean very important game. <laughs> Look, man. I mean, I've pretty much thought about this game since when I woke up on Sunday morning. Like, I just wanted to fast. Forward. I just wanted to fast forward to Tuesday. Like, after I my I licked my wounds after a fun Saturday night out. Like I was ready to go. I was like, all right, let's go. Let's just run it right back. Let's play this game and get it over with. And it's not getting it over with in terms of enjoyment. It's get it over with in terms of, I just don't want to, you know, play around a bunch of different scenarios in my head. And I think it's easy to get really excited and look ahead. I think it's really easy to be very pessimistic and say, well, where, when is Lucy going to pull the football, right? And then you can meet in the middle. So I think that, you know, nothing is given. I think the Bucks are focused. I don't think that they are in any way seeming like they're looking ahead, at least by what they're saying to the media. Um, but how, how are you dealing, I guess, managing the expectations right now? Like, what are you doing? Or is there anything that you're personally, like, in your head dealing with in terms of that, like, expectation stuff of what what could be there at the end of the tunnel when when the whistle sounds for the end of the fourth quarter? Uh, I mean, I would say Monday was a lot of uh, – it was a Giannis slip fest. Yeah. Um, for, you know – one of the first times ever <laughs> uh like to sense where it was just you know a lot of people were talking like it's it's over and done with um a lot of a lot of past tense and some of the podcasts I listened to some of the some of the first takes and those types of shows that I that I caught um today there was a lot of a lot of past tense like it's a done deal and you know, I mean, you still got to play the game. And, uh, you know, obviously I feel pretty good. Uh, Bucks are in the driver's seat. Uh, Saturday, you know, watching the game and getting done, it, 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 I was very happy. And obviously we celebrated and jumped around and, and, but I don't know, like I, I didn't really say it, but it was like probably, you know, 20, 30 minutes after the game was over, it was kind of like, you know, the job's not done. I mean, I, I don't even feel great about celebrating. And at this point, I mean, it's just, you know, for once in our lives, we are, uh, you know, <laughs> like I said, in the driver's seat. And it, it is weird to, to have that sort of confidence um, or just to, to have a feeling of, well, there's, there's no way that we can lose at home in game six. 
like it, there's going to be a hundred thousand people basically uh in downtown milwaukee um in probably a, a five or six block area you know and uh everybody's all in and uh you know you had to win in phoenix at some point they got the uh probably the ideal one um you know for for not having home court advantage because now you get to come home go for the victory at home where the bucks have been next to unbeatable uh, in the postseason so um yeah i mean it's just i don't know i can't believe it i guess I think you summed it up nicely um, in there in terms of what, where, where your head's at, because it, it is sort of this holy shit moment. It's a moment of everybody is watching us, the city of Milwaukee, the shots of all the crowds, the fact that the Deer District is expecting 65,000 people. You add the 17K, they're going to be in the gym, and that's basically Lambeau Field. That's yeah. that's Lambo, right? And then you also add on all the people that'll be at the Broad House, at Who's on Third, Loaded Slate, every other bar around that area. Okay, now you're at like maybe the big house, maybe a little less than that. But it's it's gonna be an amazing amount of people and that everybody is all in. I mean, you saw the Milwaukee Brewers which I think was more of a traffic thing and more of the brewers, I think, like the Bucks, Craig Council especially. Uh, the brewers saying, all right, we're playing at 310. Like, we're not going to play. We're not going to play while the Bucks are playing in game six. We're going to kowtow to the Bucks, which I, I don't think I can remember the brewers doing ever. Um, and they've done it with the Packers, I believe, in the past. But they, they don't usually do it for, uh, for the for the bucks. And that kind of is the, the last, I don't, it's a weird, like last step, but it's like, okay, this, that was the first moment on Sunday where it's like, okay, this thing is going to be big. And then today, all the news about 65,000 people, you know, I'm on a text chain with you and Murph saying like, when are we going to get down there? And Murph, and I'm like six o'clock, I think, like, I think I should have enough time. And then as I'm hearing more and more people and I've, you know, on some Reddit threads where guys are like, I'm driving up from Chicago with a couple of buddies. Like, how early should I get there? I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, I, I was like, all right. Like, after work, I'm out. Like, and I was DMing with somebody who was like, when are you going to get there? And I was like, you know what? Like, originally I was going to do six. Like, we've been good. We've gone at like 6.30 a lot. And we've been pretty solid, get our spot. And it's like, I'm just going to go five and just wait it out. And like, if... I'm going to have to stand for a while. Like, I just like having a bar area so that Tim can find us. Now, Tim, our bartender at Broadhouse, does a hell of a job. That guy was so fucking swamped on Saturday. Like, oh, yeah. I, that was a Giannis-level performance from Tim. I think I called him Giannis after we, as we were leaving. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, that was amazing. And, and so to – but, yeah, there's going to be so many people, and it just – all of a sudden, yeah. well, this I mean, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna have not only, I mean, you're just gonna have so many people coming in from out of town. Yeah. Um, Hotel prices are four hundred dollars right now. Wow. Yeah, that's. Oh, I mean, let alone ticket prices. Yeah, ticket prices are like into the sixteen hundreds. I mean, it's crazy. It's absolutely nuts. 
that's like for standing room probably yeah too. no yeah you're right that's for like standing room no it's it's a very expensive ticket it's not a cheap it's not a cheap one and i think everybody wants to be there and i think that's why you're gonna have david bakhtiari there you're gonna have the brewers there i think aaron Rodgers is gonna be there um i i think anyone who's anyone in the milwaukee area will be in that stadium if they can be and they're just yeah. going to have, and, and then on top of that, there's the fans are just going to be on fire. Brandon Giants, I think is going to be there. And that's going to be, I mean, that'll bring the house down if, with Brand, And even though Brandon had, was kind of a weird history with the Bucks, I mean, everyone still uses the meme. It's the culture. It's Bucks and six. And yeah. so he'll just, I'm sure he'll say something like that. I don't think he'll chug a beer, but it'll be a loud pop. It'll be a loud pop. And if you're Phoenix, like, I, I the, my whole thing to Phoenix, so I'll ask you this question is like, I still have, like, in the back of my head, I am, I am concerned. Like, I, the job isn't finished. We've seen the Bucks come out tight in, in this closing game against Brooklyn. Now, against Atlanta in game six, they actually, they did come out a little tight in that game, too as they're trying to go to the finals and then Middleton flipped the switch and it was over and they, and they ended it, got a little tight late. And, but it, for the most part, the bucks had control of that basketball game at, on to the second quarter. They kind of had control in that first quarter. So uh, before we talk about Phoenix, cause it's a little too early for Phoenix, what do the bucks have to do early on in this game to not be tight? Like how do they keep the buttholes loose and just play basketball. Will the fans be enough where they're like, you know what? Like the energy in here is, is enough for, to kind of keep us not feeling tight and feeling like we have to make every shot. I mean, the opposite of what happened in game five would, right. be, would be nice. I mean, just make a few shots. Don't turn it over a lot. Uh, they just had a lethal combination of that, those bad things in, uh, in game five where, Phoenix couldn't miss. Bucks kept turning it over. I think they had what five or six turnovers in that first quarter. Yep. Um, and that obviously didn't end up mattering somehow. Um, but just I just feel like they haven't gotten off to a good start in like any of these games. No. Really? I mean No, even um, even game three where they blew out the Suns, they were they were pretty pathetic in that second quarter. Or first quarter, excuse me. And then the second quarter, they caught fire, and that was and that kind of propelled the rest of the way. Yeah, I wonder what the rotations are going to be. Um, there were adjustments made by Coach Bud, where you didn't have the Jeff Teague second half minutes. No, um, you just ran with like Middleton at point. I think while Drew Holiday was resting. Yeah, and you uh, Tucker and Connington, right? Or or Tucker and yeah, was, something like that. Yeah. There might have been a, a stretch with Brooke, Giannis, and Bobby Portis on the court. There might have been. Yeah, no, they've um, they've went big on Phoenix a few times because Phoenix is just small. They can't they can't match our, our girl. He size. He refuses he refuses to play Bobby and Brooke together, which I kinda understand because they would just get eaten alive. Yeah. Um and switches and mismatches and stuff like that and pick and rolls. Mm-hmm. So I get that, but part of me would, would like to see it. Um, maybe not in game six to, to win the NBA finals, 
but I don't know, down the road. Or if Bobby comes back, I wish I don't think he will. I think he's going to get a bag from some team. Um, yeah. I, I would love that to see that possibility uh, with Brooke and Bobby. I, I do. Yeah. I don't think Jeff T I think Jeff Teague's done. I think the Jeff Teague wore out as welcome in game five. And the moment was finally too big for Jeff Teague. It probably was too big for Jeff Teague at the start, but I did, I will contend that he had some nice moments in game four. And I, yeah, I don't think you're going to see Jeff Teague. If he do, I'm, I'm shocked, but I, I would be really surprised if Jeff Teague's out there in the first quarter. Yeah. I think another big you, thing is like, go ahead. I'll say, do you think uh, we see the return of Bryn Forbes? Oh yeah. I, wow. I didn't, I kind of forgot that Bryn Forbes didn't play in this game. That's crazy. That, that you brought he it up. Played in a couple games. Yeah. Maybe if you, it, I think though, you kind of ride your guys. I think we saw that in the, yeah. in the Brooklyn series, right? Like this is what people I think have missed. And, and I don't know why they've missed it, but it seems like, and I tried to look this up and I actually ended up falling asleep as I was doing this on my like podcasting chair. And that was a kind of a low point. I wasn't drunk or anything. I was sober. I just, it was late. And I was like looking up, like how many times did Greg Popovich go down one Oh, and actually it didn't go down one Oh a lot and come back and win the series. But it seems like what Mike Budenholzer has done in each series, Brooklyn on is all right, two games, let's figure them out. Let's see what we need to do. And then he just starts tinkering. And then he finds that perfect combination. So that Brooklyn series, Bobby didn't make it onto the floor in the rest of the series. Bobby just didn't work with Durant, with Blake. It just did not work to have Bobby Portis out there. I know a lot of people love Bobby. Some could contend, could argue differently, but that's just what it was. In Atlanta, it was figuring out not only like how do we exploit them with Giannis and those guys. Now Giannis goes out. What does our lineup look like now? What do we need to do? More Brooke Lopez and Drew Holiday action. And so Bud has been able to tinker and tinker. And now I think the last like tinker of this, this sort of Phoenix series was how do I get Jeff Teague off the fucking floor? Okay. I'm going to just put Chris Middleton as our point guard and we're just going to go really big. And Oh yeah. By the way, another tinker, we're going to hunt the everlasting shit out of Chris Paul. They are hunting Chris Paul and they are looking for Chris Paul on defense. There were multiple clips. Someone put a super clip together. I forgot who um, of like all the, I think it was Jackson Frank actually, um, who's a Sixers blogger who he has a weird uh, hit to miss ratio. Sometimes he's really off the mark. Sometimes really good. Um, But which who could say that's not for all of us, but they were going Right. right after Chris Paul. And that's an adjustment again. And so I think you keep seeing that stuff. And I think they're going to keep attacking Chris Paul because I think he's just tired. Like, I know people want to say he's hurt. I think he's just spent. I think he's an old guy. And at some point it was going to creep up to him. And I think it finally did. And maybe, yeah, there's a hand stuff and I'm sure he'll overplay it. And his media buddies will make sure that it's known. Like his dick will get sucked about that. And Mm -hmm it'll be a great yeah, but for the Chris Paul fans. But at the same time, I just think he's spent, like you look at his jump on, he, he just can't, he can't really lift. Like he has no lift on a shot right now. It's not there, especially on the jumpers. So I don't know. Yeah, He's been, he's been, you know, disappointing for them on offense the last, what was that? Three, four games, four games now. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, basically I mean, since game his, one. His stat line wasn't bad in game five, but and he had some big shots in the fourth quarter, but it kind of took him to the fourth quarter to, to make his presence felt. You know, he didn't yeah. really, like, do anything in the first three quarters. So it's like, was this available? And, by the way, he had his buddy Mark Davis refing the game, and it didn't really seem to matter. And those are the two times he's played comfortable is when Mark Davis has been officiating. What if they get yeah. Scott Foster for game two? I mean, game six. Like, what if that happens? Like, will that get into his head that Scott Foster's refing the game? I have no idea who they'll decide to put out there for the officials. But that that's a real possibility, right? And so yeah. I, I just think they're going to attack Chris Paul. They're going to let Devin Booker get his. That's another butt adjustment. It's very similar to the Durant stuff, right? Where it's like, all right, Booker can go off. We're just shutting down everybody else. Like you can just have yours. And we see this in basketball all the time. See, I think a little more in college than you do in the NBA. But it's like, just let this one guy go off and we're just going to cut water off for everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, the, you know, the Phoenix kind of, you know, they're playing kind of into that. Oh, yeah. They are. There There was not only does Devin Booker love the ISO um, and is probably doing too much in the process, but also Cameron Payne, my God. That dude, like, he likes to dribble. He Cameron likes Payne. to shoot. He likes he likes his ISOs, and he shouldn't be doing that. Campaign is the Joe Harris of this series. Whenever campaign has the ball, I feel great. I yeah. feel I just feel good. Who is the guy for for Atlanta? Where I was like, okay, they have the ball. I feel all right. Um, John, no, not John. Uh, was it Herder? Kevin Herter? Maybe. Yeah. But like more like more so later in the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think where it was yeah. like you could just tell he he was he was not. You could tell it was kind of the stage is too big for him. Yeah. Yet. And yeah, the, the poop had developed point. into his pants and he was not ready for Correct. it yet. And, uh, and so, yeah, it, anytime campaign touches the ball, but yeah, you're right. The ISO, the Bucks forcing Phoenix to be more of an ISO team does play into really what Chris Paul wants to do, what Cameron Payne wants to do, what Devin Booker wants to do. And yet what kind of won them games one and two was they were just moving the ball and they were finding the open guy and the bucks have yeah. cut off corner threes. I mean, it, even in, even in the, after the first quarter, like the corner three was non-existent. They took it away and it was like, all right, we know that's what we have to do. And that's such a huge advantage that this bucks team can take away the corner three because it was a bugaboo for them for so long. And it's like, they finally kind of figured out how to, how to guard against the three. And it's, I know they gave up a lot. Yeah. They gave up, they shot 60%. They only shot 18 of them. Like the sun, like I, so I know that that average is out there. It's like, well, the sun shot 60% from three. Yeah, but they well, only took 18 of them. I mean, the Bucks. oh, go ahead. I would say you have to wonder if they're just going to start jacking threes. Maybe. They, I, I think, I do think there could be that where it's like, how do we silence this crowd? We just come out firing and we don't miss and if we come out firing this crowd will go to sleep now let's take this into consideration this is the sun's first elimination game in all of the playoffs they were the ones that were ready to eliminate the lakers they beat the nuggets in four obviously the clippers yes they went back to la but they had a 3-2 lead and 
let's be real, LA's fans, while more spirited than I think I had remembered Clipper fans, they're not, they're not Bucks fans. Okay. So their backs are fully against the wall for the first time, all playoffs. And yeah, I, I do think there could be some of that. I also think there could be some kind of Brooklyn game six vibes of like, all right, we're going to, we're just going to go balls out in this first quarter, but if it doesn't work, there's going to be a lot of like, are we sure we can do this sort of thing? A lot of self doubt starts creeping in. And then I think that's where the bucks can, can deliver the hammer if things go right. But yeah, I, I could definitely see a situation where they just, they just go crazy from three. Um, I know Bill Simmons had mentioned today that Cam Johnson for Jay Crowder makes some sense. I think it does offensively, but he's kind of a hack defensively. Like I know he gets rebounds, but he gets a lot of fouls. Like he had five fouls in set game four. So like, I don't know. I think they just attack him and try to get him into foul trouble. So I think it would kind of be a, a moot factor in my opinion. Cam Johnson had five yeah. fouls in game four. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if they really need to make an adjustment in the starting lineup. Do they? I mean, I don't know. I guess just, just for the sake of doing it, but I feel like if they were going to do it, they should have done it already. Right. Um, but I don't know. Maybe this all sort of, you know, turned so quickly on them. Um, I mean, in Phoenix, you know, they haven't exactly been, I mean, they've been all these, they've been in the last two games. I mean, you know, a couple bounces here and there and, uh, you know, we might be talking about a different story in one of these games. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if they need to panic and, and change a, change somebody out of the starting lineup. I know Cam Johnson has been, you know, deadly, but so is Jay Crowder. I mean, the guy, you know, I don't know. I don't think that, I don't think they would bench Jay Crowder. I just yeah. doesn't, I just, that's, you know, he's a veteran. Uh, he's the only guy who's been in the, been in the finals before. Um, I just, for a rookie or second year player, I guess that would be, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be quite aggressive. I don't see Monty Williams doing that. I think Monty right. Williams is more he's very concerned. conservative. Yeah. He's similar to Nate McMillan in that where, you know, I think part of the reason why they got steamrolled in game three is that he didn't just let eight and loose and was like, all right, just get six fouls. Like we need you out there. And yeah. I think that's a, and I said it to a game, I think it was game five when we taped. And I said the same thing, like just attack Aiton. And they still, I think Aiton's doing a better job of hiding himself. So he's not getting into those situations. But yeah, they played eight in 45 minutes. And that's another thing. You have to wonder about his fatigue, right? Like this guy played 45 minutes. I know it's three days ago, but that's a lot of minutes for a young guy who hasn't really done that before. And now you're asking him to do it again. Do it again. Chris Paul only played 35. Man, it's interesting, right? That's that's very interesting. I didn't realize it was that short, but that means just more campaign minutes, which is not good um, for Phoenix. It's good for us. Uh, it's not not necessarily good good for Phoenix. Yeah, the campaign played 14 and a half. Um, yeah, Cam Johnson 22. I mean, other than that, it's it's Tory Craig, and that's it. Um, so you know they so, really they don't they don't have anywhere to turn really. I mean, right? It's kind of it's kind of right. This is what it is. 
have you it's kind of like a situation where and like you don't want to be too cocky and i'm going to take us to negative town in a second because i have an interesting hypothetical for you um we have you cornered put your hands up surrounded it's over like it does have that feeling of like we've we've thrown everything at the bucks and the bucks still have like chris Middleton said today i'm in the pre- the presser he's like we have still have things we haven't brought out like we still have things we could do which that might be bullshit, but I do kind of believe that weirdly um, just because those guys are such students of the game, all three of them through Giannis, Chris and Brooke, even like, I think that they are always willing to try new things. Um, Phoenix though. I don't know. I don't know what's left, right? Like their role players. I would really say did. other than, other than just shooting a bunch of threes. Like I mean a fucking shit ton. Like yeah. 20 30 for- or more. Yeah, uh, maybe 40. The 20 for 40 game. I mean, do you go back to the game two and you're like, all right, we're just going to shoot and we'll just see what we can do. And it's like, we're just going to say, fuck the paint. We're going to try to win this by just having an outlier three-point game. So yeah. let me ask you an interesting hypothetical that I kind of just thought of on the fly. So as you mentioned at the start of the show, it's been a coronation almost for Giannis. Not done but the stats he's doing are crazy. Some people are putting up his stats at this point with LeBron James. You had a LeBron fan today said, man, if LeBron was 25 and he had Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, he would have won every title in his sight, which made me laugh. <laughs> Felt good. If Giannis and the Bucks were to lose game six and game seven, and they were to blow it, and Phoenix were to win the title, would we still remember Giannis for this finals or would it go back to he's a choker? He can't deliver when it matters. It's he still has a ways to go. Like what do you think people would, would recognize his greatness or do you think we immediately revert back to tearing him down? Who are, who are the people? National media. Okay. And you could, and uh, I'll, I'll sprinkle in local too. Let's just, let's add uh, local to the mix as well. Well, national is different than local. Um, totally. Okay, let's – okay, start with national, na- national and then, get, national and then give me your local. Be, I, think, I think they would revert back. I think a lot of, a lot of them have stuck their neck out for them um, the last couple of weeks, and then definitely, you know, Monday, July 19th. Yeah. Um, they, they stuck their necks out. They basically crowned his ass um, before the job was done. And I think in order to – you know, make themselves look better. They probably would revert back and say he's a choker. Um, couldn't get the job done. I think. I think. Lo- I think fans locally will always love Giannis. So I don't think they have to worry about that. Um, media locally, I, I don't know. I mean, for the most part, they'll still they'll still ride with him. They'll probably blame Coach Bud. Um, you know, that seems to be. That seems to have gotten real quiet lately. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can't believe there are people still with Firebud avatars or Firebud names in Twitter. Like, just give it up, man. The guy's, the guy's at least going to be here for two years. Like, yeah. shut the fuck up. Like, it's, yeah, he, it's over. He bought himself. He bought yeah. himself quite, yeah, I'd say two seasons for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but I, I do think national people are going to be very, very hard if if this doesn't doesn't go the way we think it will um 
I just think that it's going to be, they don't, I, I don't think national people, they don't really necessarily like Giannis because for, I mean, a couple of reasons, um, you know, I think a little bit of it is the fact that he didn't, that he's in Milwaukee. I think there's, there's a little bit of resentment there. Um, can I, can I, don't I think jump, I don't think I jump huge, in on that? But, can I jump in on that real quick before I, your next I know topic? you're going to tell me, but sure. What am I going to tell you? That that's, that's defeatist Milwaukee attitude. No, no. I was more just going to say it's, it's kind of bullshit when you consider we've had multiple MVPs in this state. We have Aaron Rodgers, who's easily been the biggest story of the NFL offseason, would you say, right? Yeah. It's like all eyes are on Wisconsin. Why aren't any? Like everybody is going to be like honed in to what the Packers are doing the first four weeks of the season saying Rodgers comes back, which I think all of us expect. There's a reason why, uh, and all four of the networks, ESPN, AB, AR, ESPN, Fox, CBS, NBC, all have Packer games in the first four weeks of the season because they want to drive this storyline into the fucking ground. And so I, I hear you, but I, I do think that like the conversation about Milwaukee and Wisconsin has to change at some point. Because also, too, I don't know if you saw this, baseball well, perspective. it never will, Charlie. So, no, I, I mean, I, but, it, but it should because baseball perspective has the Brewers right now as an 88% chance to get to the playoffs. 88 fucking percent. That's nine out of ten. However the scenarios work, there's that one chance that maybe it all goes wrong for them. There are 17 fucking games over 500, and they're waiting for Bucks fans after the Brewers er, – after the bucks are done. And so don't fucking tell me that, that it's, it's a small market. I hear what you're saying. And I do think there is some resentment. Why can't we have that? But I'll let you continue. Cause I think you'll probably play in the second part that I, I personally think why they don't like Giannis, but go ahead. Well, then there's the whole, he's not flashy and he can't shoot. Um, yep. He's not, he's not American. Uh, he's not, he didn't, he didn't grow up in the AAU culture. Um, you know, he's, he's not, he ain't about that shit. And I think it's a hard, you know, for example, like, you know, who the Max is nice guy, like he's on Instagram, the, the guy who uh, mimics all the NBA players. You know uh, what I'm talking about? I think so. Yeah. I'm not sure. Though. He's, he's a, he's a, he's a white guy that white kid. He's like in his early twenties. Um, anyway, not a fucking ever, any posts at all about Giannis. It's more like, it's more Westbrook, a um, lot of LeBron, some Devin Booker lately. Um, you know, pick your favorite, you know, American superstar, your classic, but nothing about Giannis. I mean, just other than like, I haven't seen it in a while anyway. I mean, I don't know. Like he just, it's not like, it's like he gets less and less sexy. You know what I mean? Right. Now that, you know, probably, probably because he hasn't won one yet. And, but I don't know. Like, I mean, you know, Tim Duncan was a, what, a five-time champion? And yep. he's not flashy. People don't really talk about him. People, you know, people don't necessarily – I mean, they remember him, but it's like so he probably – he's probably like a top 20 player of all time. And, I, you know, I feel like people just sort of, you know, 
he's not the first one that comes to mind. Yeah, but Tim Tim Duncan had the personality of a cardboard box. Giannis has yeah. a personality. Giannis just doesn't let yeah. a lot of people in. He has a small circle, which I think drives media members crazy. Because, yeah. you know, it's not like Jimmy Butler, who has Rachel Nichols on the beacon call, just waiting for him to tell why he wants out of Minnesota. And Rachel gets this big story. Or what Brian Windhorst, you know, is able to froth at the mouth with anybody as part of clutch. Like they don't have that relationship with Giannis. Eric name might be the only one. And I don't even think he has that great relationship. You know, Marion right. Farber wrote a book on Giannis and or Miriam, excuse me. And I don't think a lot of us know who Miriam is, right? She's been on a couple of shows here and there, but she's kind of a no name person herself. And I don't mean any disrespect. I'm not taking shots. Well, I think she's an actual, like, she's an actual, like, author. Sure, sure, right? sure, sure. But it's not like Mark Stein's writing a book on Giannis. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's where I kind of get it is, like, and there are people that are outside of the NBA bubble who are kind of seeing what Giannis is saying in these press conferences. Today, he had a great quote about, like, why he hugs all his guys and, like, why he puts his arm around his dudes and, and all this stuff. And it's like, this is who Giannis is every fucking day. This is who Giannis is when they get done playing Minnesota on a random Tuesday in December. This has yeah. always been Giannis, but now the world is seeing it. And I think there is a lot of, if you look at people's mentions and a lot of the tweets are like, how can you cheer against this guy? You know, big cat, a barstool who's a Chicago fans. Like, I don't really like the bucks, but I don't want to cheer against Giannis. And I think that's happening yeah. a lot more. Or it's like, I don't know if I really like the Bucs. And it's a star-driven league. So I think the Bucks' popularity, win or lose, is going to grow tremendously because of Giannis. And the yeah. NBA, as some people have suggested, the NBA would be wise to push Giannis. But I don't know if he's going to let the NBA do that. I don't know if Giannis is going to be like, I'll do everything like LeBron. Because... Even though LeBron is king, and he still is king, I'm not going to deny it. Guy just had a successful movie come out. Um, I haven't watched it. I don't know if you have. Not yet. No, I I might not. I I I, uh, I do have HBO Max. I could watch it. I feel like I probably should as an NBA fan, just just merely for so I'm you know sort of plugged into that. But and I know it's for kids, so you kind of have to right take it with a grain of salt. Um, I feel like I could probably get, get through it if we did that, but uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, maybe I got, I got a couple weeks to watch it on HBO max and maybe I will, but speaking of LeBron, I, I wanted to say the whole time there that I threw and I watched a, a YouTube clip. It was like a 30 minute deal where it was the last, the final minute of the finals, the last like 25 years. Yeah. Um, Cause I wanted to see like, how many teams have won on their home court? And it's probably about 50-50 um, mm. for, you know, teams that have won at home, clinched at home versus on the road. And, you know, obviously in there were those LeBron Miami Heat titles. Yeah. And it's just like the dichotomy between Giannis and LeBron. Like LeBron is very well-spoken, I will say. Um, but it's like everything he says is like about – not even himself, but like his brand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's really, really annoying. Some of the shit that he said after the game, um, I think it was like the second title with Miami. He's like, 
that was when he was like i ain't got no worries and shit like that yeah because i was like like, dude you are such a loser well right if you would just if you would just humble at all um and you have a lot more fans if not for that ray allen shot they're they lost they'd lose to san antonio like if ray allen doesn't hit that shot lebron lebron's legacy is entirely altered and it's entirely different and ray allen hits that shot that saves his ass in one of the worst collapses of all time and i love that you brought that up because what i was going to say is the league is really struggling from a ratings perspective you know they it's better than last year i don't give a fuck about it but the league would be wise to start making Giannis the guy and less of LeBron because there are people who are my dad's age who are like LeBron's a you know conduit to China LeBron's this LeBron's that what that's a little spicy but that's how they feel LeBron's too woke he's too involved yada yada okay bring in Giannis bring in this guy who small you know just hometown guy he's done it the right way says all the right things is a role model but i've you know how i feel about role models and athletes and it trust me it plays it plays with the people that you're missing right now in the nba i mean i had a i i was talking to my mom about you know i was walking the dog and she'd called and we're talking about some other stuff but then i she's like whoa what a game and she was giving me her take. She's like, why doesn't Devin Booker call for more fouls? I was like, mom, I don't know. Um, <laughs> like, she's like, well, sometimes it's kind of hard to understand Giannis. I'm like, yeah, oh, you're a boomer. Like, it's okay. Um, like, it's, it's all right. Like, I'll, I'll let it slide. But it's, it's just like, that's what they fucking need. They need more of that. And I think they can yeah. get it. They just got to make sure he's exposed. And they got to treat the Bucks with respect. I think the Bucks have got their respect. I realize if this thing falls apart, there will be a lot of people that will have different opinions. And, you know, I did a podcast before the Bucks Hawks series. I called the heartbreak index with Georgia and Wisconsin sports. It was one of my favorite shows. I put a lot of work into it. Go back and listen. Um, It would break the heartbreak index. It wouldn't even, I don't know. It'd be really hard to get off the mat. I mean, I guess it's great. We have a, a really good baseball team, but it would be really fucking well, hard to get off the mat. It would be it would be twenty eight to three. I mean it, it would be that Wow. Pretty much, wouldn't it? I mean, it would be in a in a championship game, a clinching game, you know, that's essentially where we're at. I mean the lead isn't twenty eight to three, man. No, I mean, look, look. To, it, to make a, to, if, if you if you extrapolate a series, a basketball series, in like a football game form, you're probably up right now by a touchdown, uh, in the fourth quarter, early fourth eight, quarter yeah. maybe. Early fourth, you're you have the ball, and it's you are up a score. You can go up two scores and and kind of put this thing away, and and end it, and. I just had something. Oh, uh, the stat that I heard today was teams that are up three, two home court, they're 10 and one. And it's weird because they were three or two, three, two for so long. Like imagine that I thought about that today was like, could you imagine like game five in Milwaukee Saturday night would have been unbelievable. I mean, it would have been drunker than shit at Fiserv, but could you imagine that if we're going to, 
going to Phoenix to close out, like what an odd feeling that would be, right? Yeah. Be entirely different. We'd have an entirely different podcast right now. Because at that point, yeah. the Bucks hadn't the Bucks hadn't won in Phoenix. Like we don't know. Can they do it? Can they win in Phoenix? Is this it can this carry into the road? You know, and we wouldn't even know. So it's just an interesting, interesting little nugget because I looked at Well, the- yeah, it's 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 like I've always thought like, man, they used to have three, two, three, two. And how, how nice is that for the team that doesn't have home court advantage? Like if you steal one in, in on the road in the first two games, then all you got to do is take care at home. And, you know, it almost works in your favor when you yeah. don't have home court advantage in this current format to just lose both, both the first two games. Cause then you can go home, reset, um, you know, just re regroup and, win two and take all the momentum into a road game. And then if you get that win, then you come back for game six at home, like, like we've seen right here. So, and and it kind of happened against Brooklyn, but they ended up choking the game, game five, but and not mattering in the end. But, you know, we felt pretty good going into that game five in Brooklyn too. Yeah, you're right. We did. And, and I think it's hard not to feel good about this one tonight. I guess so. I did this for game five. I won't ask you for prediction. What's I already know what the best and worst case scenario is, but like, what, how do you, if you had a crystal ball, how do you go in tonight? I mean, I, I think they're going to do it. Um, I don't know if it's going to be easy. Uh, I think they, they probably win by less than 10, but. I think it's, I think it's a, it, they probably cover the spread. Yeah. I think they're going to win by 12. I think they're going to pound Phoenix. I, I think Phoenix is dead. I know I said yeah. that on, I, I know I said that on Saturday and you gave me shit and you deserve to. I talked about it on yesterday's show. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I felt bad about that just because nah, nah, that was good. I mean, it, it was early, but it was like, you know, you did kind of make it sound like 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 we were going to be up by by 16 at the end of the first quarter. I just and, I uh, I I'll say I don't I hate to repeat myself from yesterday's show but like I just thought that I was like how could they get off the mat? And I I didn't factor their crowd, which is a good crowd. And I didn't factor that into the consideration I should have. But now you go back to Milwaukee where you haven't the last time you were there, it was the block it was you couldn't close it, and, and you think in your head, you look at the court, and you say, "God damn it! If we had just got a couple more baskets down the stretch, we would have been up three-one, headed home." And worst case scenario, we'd back here, but it'd be just like the Clippers series. Instead, it's the complete opposite. Yeah, and I I can't like get that out of my head that that's going to affect them. Yeah, that's, and, that's that's something I thought about too. Is like how many, how many crushing? I don't want to call it devastating losses, but I mean, kind of were. Uh, how many in a row can you sustain? Devin Booker had back-to-back forty-point games and lost. He's the only guy in the NBA to ever well, have that and, happen in the NBA and, Finals. And they shot like sixty percent from from right. three and fifty-five like, percent from the floor and still was, lost. It, yeah, and that's I just like I just feel like the first quarter, like you cannot. And I say this all the time. I overuse it. It's probably in the Mount Rushmore of overused Chuck phrases. You've got to step on that throat right away. 
Like you cannot leave. They are they are nearly dead. Like they are woozy. The knockout punch can come, and if you deliver it in the first half, it's over. And I and I I truly believe that. And they just got to keep their composure. They got to keep their resolve. As Nathan Marzon said, it is a battle between Bucks and Six versus Never Trust the Bucks in a, you know, win it who wins who wins it all, right? Yeah. But I I will say this and then we can ride out. I this team, while they've left me moments of not trusting them, they're mentally fucking tough, man. And they've been the tougher team mentally all playoffs. And it has carried them throughout these playoffs. And even if things go sideways early, doesn't work out the way we want to, you're freaking out. I'm probably panicking a little bit more, even though I will, I will be cool and cool as a cucumber in the first quarter. I guarantee you. But at other, I'll, I'll be happy though. If they like go, watch that, they'll like put up like 45 points and be up by like 20 and I'll be like first quarter, you know, I'm just kidding. But anyways, to end it, I just can't – I can trust these Bucks, And it's not – it's just it, – it's felt this way. I, I talked about it after the Brooklyn series. I just had a feeling sports are dumb like this where it seems like everything kind of breaks your way. And it's a combination of that and a guy becoming a super-duper star. And I think oh. – Think we're the right. Term they're using the term they're using is pantheon. Yes. Or like you're is. you're like in the you're in like the top fifteen of all time, um, you know, or whatever. Like I think does Simmons have a book or something, or like the pantheon book or something? Yeah. Or is that the book he of basketball? A, he's the book of basketball. I I'll tell you. I'll recommend. I I have the book of basketball somewhere. Maybe I can loan that out to you. I, it's obviously dated now, but it's a good is read. That, is old. that part of is that part of that book or is that a separate? Yeah, book? yeah, it's part of that book. Yeah. Because he would be, if 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 indeed Giannis does pull this out, um, he would be one of like what eleven guys that have won two MVPs and a championship. Yeah, it would be a legendary list. And he said, "Don't call me MVP until I win a championship," and that's potentially going to happen. So we'll be back. Um, So let let me level set with the people. I am going to be at the Broad House on Tuesday. You're all welcome to join join me and Mitch. Murph, Shake Hen is going to be there. Sure, other people, surprise guests, who knows? Um, and then one Wednesday, I have no idea what, what I'll do for a show. Um, I don't know what condition I'll be in. I know we got to give the people a show. I just don't know if I can commit to one before work starts. Uh, but we'll see. We'll, we'll do our damnedest. So, yeah. and then we'll see if Mitch and I can, will come back on later this week, um, whether it's to talk about game seven or to talk about something pretty awesome. So, yeah. All right. Take care, guys. Anything else for people, Mitch, before we wrap up? No, nah, just uh, we've, we've let our guard down officially and uh, <laughs> time did, to. Uh... I, did, I did not. I, I am, I'm being very careful. I'm being very careful. All I said was, I, I, know. I think the Suns are demoralized. I don't think I'm – do you think I'm ahead of I my think – I, no, I, I just – I'm saying everyone, not you. I'm no, not I know. You, no, right? I know. But no, 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 I it's know. Just, it's, 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 hard to not, it's hard to not be confident um, yeah. at this point. But uh, 
you know, the box gotta, have... in... Oh God. What sorry, reassures sorry. me is that what reassures me a little bit is that like immediately after the game, Giannis was on, you know, Buck social saying the job is not done. We need you guys be loud, be loud. Um, you know, and so that just shows me that, you know, he's, he's going to have everybody on the straight and narrow and, uh, and ready to roll and close this fucker out. Would it surprise you if Giannis has a 40 and 10 game again on, on tonight? <laughs> oh, not at all. No, that would be amazing. I think I, I, I have a, I'll, I'll say this. I, the last thought, I have a feeling Giannis is going to do something really special. I just think he smells blood in the water. And when he's smelled blood in the water before he's been able to take advantage of it. And I think, I think that's what you're going to see on Tuesday night. We'll see, man. I'll see you tomorrow or t- tonight. Oh, we're taping this Monday night. It doesn't matter. It's whatever. It's all the same. But I will uh, I'll see you later, and uh, hopefully I won't have to uh, drag you out of Broadhouse. Yeah. Let's okay. hope so. See ya. Take care. All right. Peace. Peace.